welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Kaylee Barber, Media Editor at Digiday. And I'm Tim Peterson, Senior Media Editor at Digiday. All right, so Tim, you had the interview this week and you spoke with Neeraj Kimlani and Wendy McMahon, who are the co-presidents and co-heads of CBS News and Stations. And I'm curious, why did you want to have them on this week? Yeah, um, well, for one, Neeraj and Wendy being the co-heads and co-presidents of CBS News and Stations, they're just like big names in the news industry. And so we always like having big names on the podcast. Um, but it also helped because they had some news to share um, through the podcast, which is, you know, makes things a bit exciting. And so uh, Neeraj shared that they have filled, so they, on the CBS News Streaming Network, which is the streaming service that they've had since November 2014 and relaunched and rebranded earlier this year. As part of that, like, what Neeraj and Wendy have been trying to do with the streaming network is bring more of the traditional TV talent that CBS News has onto the streaming network. And so back in January, they launched a show called Person to Person, hosted by Nora O'Donnell, who is the host of CBS Evening News. And so now with the 7 p.m. slot on the streaming network, so basically like the streaming network's nightly news show slot, they're going to have John Dickerson, who was the former host of Face the Nation, anchor that slot. And so it's kind of the latest example of them bringing more of the traditional TV talent onto the streaming network and kind of showing that the streaming network isn't just some offshoot or kind of JV to their traditional news outlet. Got it. I feel like that's kind of a shared strategy with news media who are launching streaming services. Um, but I'm curious how that kind of lends itself to their larger streaming strategy. Like, do they focus a lot on the national kind of lens of news or is there a local play here as well? Yeah, definitely a big local play. And, they, and they've made that um, position that as something of a differentiator for them of having the local feeds um, stream on the CBS News streaming network as well and being able to especially you know in 2020 kind of in the the height of the pandemic where there were just like outbreaks in different localities and you would have governors or local health officials doing press conferences announcing you know their current case levels they would be able to pipe in those press conferences into the kind of the national stream on the streaming network and so they've continued with that and so Wendy, you know, talks about how um, she has, you know, something of her, her own bit of news as well. They've announced this already, so we can't claim it as a, a scoop. But um, the CBS News Detroit, which is their next local um, station or local stream, is going to be launching in November. So that'll give them 14 local streams total. And that is also increasing the amount of local coverage that they're going to have on the streaming network. And so at the start of the year, they were expecting to have um, 45,000 hours of live local coverage on the streaming network by the end of 2022. That amount has actually ticked up to closer to 46,000 hours, which would be close to like 16,000 more hours or new hours of live local coverage on the streaming network than in 2021. So at the same time as they're really adding more of the traditional TV talent to the network and kind of that type of programming, they're also just adding more coverage um, to the streaming network as well overall. Got it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear the rest of the interview with them. I'll let you take it away. 
Cool. Thanks, Kayla. Neeraj Kamlani, Wendy McMahon, welcome to the Digiday Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Tim. Thank you. Hi. So, Neeraj, I want to start with you because all three of us are in the news business, and so always good to lead with some news. And you all have some news uh, that you're announcing uh, on the day this podcast episode goes out, which is related to talent on the stream in programming on the CBS News streaming network. So, Neeraj, what's the what's the news here? You know, I think Wendy and I have a lot of news to share with you. We've had a lot of momentum. We're now lapping a year uh, working together uh, across CBS News and stations. Um, and the, ma- the momentum is awesome. Um, you know, uh, going right to the heart of it in terms of, of our streaming channel, um, John Dickerson is going to be anchoring our primetime show. Um, You know, I couldn't be more excited about this. John, you know, started his career at Time Magazine as a business reporter. Um, And he's done everything. Um, Face a Nation, he anchors the evening news. um, And in my opinion, is really become America's historian. He's just fantastic uh, in terms of really bringing context to the news, um, really underlining the why of the news. And when you think about primetime, there's so much opinion out there. And to have a steward like John Dickerson anchoring a primetime program on our streaming channel to make sense of the day um, is really about bringing news back to primetime. So couldn't be more thrilled about that. And there's a lot more that we can talk about in terms of our momentum, but maybe we start there. Wendy, because I do want to get to you too, because while not, I can't claim this as a scoop because you all have already announced that there will be CBS News Detroit uh, coming soon. But um, you haven't announced any you know, timeline on that. And I think it's been a bit since there's been any update on the plans there. So how are things coming along with CBS News Detroit? Yeah, so we, um, we're we launching Detroit in November. And when originally um, really um, created, it was with this notion of what would it look like to build a newsroom that was streaming first that was community first, that did not rely on legacy infrastructure, broadcast ways of doing things to ultimately provide um, a premium local experience. And so that's what that team has been building for six plus months. And standing up a local newsroom is an intense process, especially when you have leaders who are challenging, but do we really need to do it that way Or is that just how we've always done it? How can we reimagine? How can we rethink the overall um, process, really, of producing television content? Because in many respects, streaming content is just television 2.0. And so in November, we will launch uh, that newscast, those hours, that streaming 24-7 channel. And when we do, that'll be the 14th local channel that we have across the organization. 
Um, and just so you know, that basically means that via those 14 streams, we'll be covering nearly one third of all American households. So it's quite the um, expansion effort, not only through the lens of more channels, but also through the lens of the number of hours we're producing live now across those channels, nearly 46,000 hours annually of live coverage on those 14 streams by the end of the year. A lot of news coverage. Uh, so one of my first news editors, you know, told me lead with the news and then provide context for the year. So let's kind of, you know, we have the news now. Let's start to provide a little bit of context, and we'll kind of go, you know, back and forth between the news with you know John Dickerson taking the 7 p.m. primetime slot and then the launch of CBS News Detroit. Because I think both of these, there's been a lot of news with respect to CBS News Streaming Network this year, including you all started the year by renaming you know, the network. It launched in November 2014 as CBSN. Now it is the CBS News Streaming Network. And as part of that relaunch in January, I think the big thrust of it was now we're bringing even more of our traditional news faces, traditional TV news faces to the streaming network and kind of, you know, reflecting the convergence between traditional TV and streaming at this point. Um, and so now we have John Dickerson coming, taking over the 7 p.m. primetime slot as the latest example of this. Nearage, CBS News Streaming Network has a 7 p.m. slot currently. So with John, you know, coming and taking over as the host anchor of that slot, is it simply... Now, John is the anchor of that, or is there anything you know changing in terms of the programming of that 7 p.m. slot on the streaming network? Um, I would say to you that um, programming these hours, um, you know, they're they're always changing um, based on the news of the day. Um, we not so long ago, Tim, we didn't even really have a strong primetime programming strategy, right? So we're, we're, we're iterating, you know, um, on a daily basis. And John is one part of it. And, you know, to me, it's not just about faces. We're talking about world-class reporters here. Um, and John has a source base uh, that's, you know, unrivaled. Um, he has historical knowledge to bring to bear around news of the day, right? Um, his interviewing skills are world-class. So I would expect to see more interviews in, in that uh, type of a format. Um, and he's also, um, you know, he's the kind of a person who feels it is his mission to make sense of the why. So that contextual layer, in addition to the headlines, is real value add. Um, and remember, that's one part of the primetime lineup, right? So we, we have added um, 60 minutes. You know, Bill Owens uh, and that team has done an incredible job with that show. They were the number one show on all of television seven times in the last season. Um, Judy Tigard and 48 Hours um, is now a part of that primetime show. Number one in their slots, uh, you know, on, on, on linear television. And um, 
And then we've coupled that, and, and forgive me, um, you know, Sunday morning, Face the Nation are all now part of all of this, uh, you know, and weekend prime time. Um, and so you have all of this content um, that's now available, and then we've coupled it with original programming, right? So Nora O'Donnell is doing person to person, the old uh, Edward R. Murrow franchise. And, uh, you know, they just interviewed, um, you know, Hillary and Chelsea Clinton um, uh, for that series. Um, and then you have Gail King contributing to CBS reports, right? Um, and the last one she did was a 10-year look back at Trayvon Martin. Um, and so you, you're looking at a, a brand new lineup that in one year, you know, we mentioned that we were feeling the momentum. We've seen a 50% increase um, um, in, in those shows um, across our primetime Is strategy. Is that unique viewers? What's the metric? In streams. And, and so that's incredible. Right, that we can bring those things, and the and the part that I get, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm smiling here because I have 16 year old twins, and I watch their behaviors, and you know, the, when they watch, you know, they go to the Apple TV, they go to the Hulu, they go to whatever, and um, and those EPG guys, those electronic programming guides, has that channel up against cable news networks. And when you see 60 minutes and 48 hours and person to person and now prime time with John Dickerson up against the competition, um, no one makes a distinguishing you know, choice of, oh, that's a streaming channel versus a cable channel. And so those iconic franchises and those iconic reporters really punch through the clutter. So... We're really excited about what's going on in terms of the primetime programming strategy. Got it. And then Wendy on the local side. So CBS News Detroit, I think you described it as this is a digital first newsroom. Is this the first, <laughs> the first digital first newsroom on the local side? Um, I think I think the notion of digital first is is sort of an interesting one because for a long time it was a buzzword and it was talked about, but is anyone really living that notion from a workflow, from an operations perspective? Um, I think what we're seeing, whether it's at network or local, you talk about the convergence of, that's absolutely, first of all, that's what Neeraj and I were brought here to do, to converge net and local, to converge TV and streaming. And so from a local perspective, I mean, 95% plus of our streaming content is linear first in terms of its origination, right? It's amortized across. So content that lives on linear makes its way to streaming, and that's actually the content that performs best from a local perspective. Both Neeraj and I have centered insights, data and insights, um, as the hub of the content strategy, of the programming strategy, because ultimately that dynamic programming um, concept that Neeraj talks about, that yes, there's John Dickerson at 7 p.m., but last night, if you watched our streaming channels, it was wall-to-wall coverage of the New York primaries and the Florida primaries. And so it's really about understanding from an audience perspective, what is it that is truly working? 
what's driving minutes consumed, what's driving reach, what's driving scale and stickiness, and then really supercharging that by leaning into that programming. And the strategy that for that for net is a bit different and might be a bit different from local. So from a local perspective, what we see and why we're increasing to that nearly 46,000 hours of content across is that live hours drives viewing, full stop. Live news coverage is when we see consumption escalating. It's when we see stickiness um, expanding. And so how we continue to be that source for live news coverage is a unique value prop and why digital, meaning digital-focused or digital-only companies, haven't solved for local because local live is incredibly difficult from a resource perspective. How you build that out um, is not for the faint of heart. And so more live hours, standing up and sustaining big story coverage, um, when you talk about the shooting in Highland Park in Chicago, when you talk about the gavel-to-gavel coverage of trials in Miami, you're talking about 1,000% spikes in consumption when we have an event like that, when our community sense that they need to be in the know in that moment, they come to us. And we see that on our stream. And the average age of someone who's coming to us in that streaming space versus TV, it's more than 20 years younger. And so there's a distinct difference between how we leverage really our coverage capabilities to solve for that streaming opportunity um, while still acknowledging that the content is amortized across all platforms. Uh, Wendy, you made the point producing live local news coverage is not easy. I don't expect that it's cheap either. Um, You mentioned (laughs) 46,000 or near 46,000 hours in total by the end of this year. In January, um, you all had said 45,000 hours. So that's close to 1,000 new hours being added. That feels significant, especially given your point around the difficulty of producing live local news coverage. Where's that additional thousand or little shy of a thousand hours coming from? It's made up of a few um, different avenues. So first of all, there's 9 a.m. newscasts that are launching across many of our stations. 30 minutes of those will air on TV. A full hour will air across streaming. We have 7 a.m. newscasts that we're launching specifically for streaming in New York, in San Francisco, and a number of other markets, because we see locally that the most opportunity we have, the highest viewed day part, is mornings. So how do we stretch out that viewing? How do we stretch out that consumption by adding more live hours in addition to that 4.30 to 6 a.m., which was really our foundational time? We're also launching 4 o'clock newscasts in a number of our markets. And then what we've also done is really um, stood up these local original programs in and around key events, whether that's that live gavel-to-gavel coverage of high-profile trials, community events, or as we approach the midterms, um, any number of political half-hours, hours with newsmakers featuring our political experts locally as well as our national political experts. Got it. Okay. And then staying on the topic of programming, Nirish, going back to you um, from like a national perspective when it comes to programming, I think one of the um, 
challenges that a lot of streaming news networks have had to sort out is the mix of original programming or really like more evergreen programming on streaming versus live breaking news programming. You know, there were a number of streaming news networks that I talked to in 2019, um, I think CBSN included, that had planned to really up the amount of original programming on their streaming news networks in 2020. And then 2020 happened and throughout that year and the following year, everyone that I talked to who had been planning to up their share of original programming on the streamer said, no, we couldn't because there was so much news. We couldn't really, you can't afford to like invest in original programming knowing that you're more than likely going to have to break just given just the volume of news that there was in 2020. I think some of that carried over into 2021. I imagine that's still carrying over in 2022. So with the schedule for CBS News Streaming Network, how do you balance between having the programming slots that are more kind of live news suited programming slots versus what used to be called CBSN Originals? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. And I think, you know, Wendy's point before about live driving, right? Uh, I don't need to really say this, but I will. But, you know, so much of that is driven from modern behavior of getting a push alert on your phone um, and really sort of, you know, letting that drive you into the stream, right? So when there is breaking news of national significance, um, we, we break into whatever we're doing. Um, that's paramount. Um, and we do it in a lot of different ways. You know, par part of the benefit of Wendy and I working together on this, um, and this is really George Sheik's vision of bringing this all together, is that, you know, when Wendy talks about Highland Park, that jumps into the national stream automatically. So we have, you know, near immediate coverage because of the combined efforts, right? Um, and so there's plenty of examples like that too. Um, you know, we hired David Ryder to run our special events and special reports. Um, and that's an effort that we break into the network, we break into the stream. So we have expanded capabilities to do that as well. Um, and then three, CBS Reports, um, which was a brand we brought back, um, remember, if you break into it once, doesn't mean you can't air it again. You've got 24 hours to do this. And it's not just a domestic audience. It's a global audience. So you've got, you know, distribution on in 91 countries right now. I mean, you, you know, Wendy and I are part of a larger organization called Paramount and benefit from accelerants known as Paramount Plus and Pluto. Um, and, you know, Pluto being the, you know, free version and, and Paramount Plus being the subscription version. Um, you know, Wendy and I saw some stats the other day. Um, Right now, CBS News is the number one news channel in the UK on Pluto. Um, so, you know, how we are programming goes beyond just the, you know, the breaking news, but how do you start programming globally? And one of the th exciting things for me is, you know, again, I'll talk about Paramount here. 
we have brother and sister companies, um, you know, with Telefe in, in, um, down in South America and Channel 5 in London and Network 10 in Australia. And so a large part of where we're going is how you start to stand up a global news organization with internal assets. Um, so that's really exciting. And the product is going to evolve with it, right? I mean, right now you can geo-target, but, you know, imagine when we have the capabilities to start programming different feeds for different audiences around the world um, and, and then bring in breaking news from around the world. So that, that to me is the exciting part is keeping up with the technology changes because the, they're all opportunities to, to grow our business. Well, just to kind of jump on Neeraj's technology point, I think that's the real key here is how do we, you know, build and then continue to optimize a user experience that really enables the audience to benefit from the convergence that we have internally as it relates to TV and streaming, net and local. And I mean, the Highland Park example is a relevant one because our Chicago team produced 11 hours of live coverage. And CBS News National was able to, to Neeraj's point, cover two hours of that, but then also um, use video push alerts to send audiences to the Chicago stream where that coverage, that expanded coverage continued. So how we leverage tech to move audiences interchangeably. We talk about having them flow like water from net to local and back again. That's a real tech opportunity. Having um, the back end be smart enough to actually recognize how audiences are starting their experience within our network, what are their behaviors, and then supersizing our response to that where that's the first playlist, that's the first um, experience that they have when we come into the system. So as much as we talk about content, to Neeraj's point, it's really exciting to think about how the tech can really bring that convergence to a whole new level. Got it. And I mean, some of that then kind of begs the question of what's the role or, or you know, future of having original evergreen non-news programming on a 24-7 streaming network at this point? Because it feels like it'd be just as easy to say, especially, I mean, you all have, when you made the point, nearly 46,000 hours of live local programming. So that's just live local programming this year. And then everything you're doing on the national front with the different shows that, like, why have any original docu-series on CBS News Streaming Network as opposed to it's all going to be 24-7 live and then we'll have you know shows like Person to Person in there and 60 Minutes in there. But in terms of anything, you know, docu-series or feature-length documentaries, we're just going to put that up on demand for people to access. It's, you know, it's all about discovery. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Nancy Lane who runs um, CBS Reports for us and... Um, you know, one of the most watched um, docs was about a, you know, an invasive species of vegetation. It's not breaking news, right? Um, and one of the things, and I bring that up as an example, as one example, 
you know, you have, you know, 48 hours that invented the true crime genre. And you have 60 Minutes giving you context on the biggest newsmakers of our time. Um, so, you know, our news diets are varied. And CBS News, um, its core DNA is all about original reporting and exquisite storytelling, okay? And so, you know, Wendy talked about the age dropping 20 years. They're watching Sunday morning just like the older cohort. They just didn't have a chance to experience the brand. Um, and so the value of that um, to be taken on a, you know, a lyrical and reporting journey um, is invaluable. And I would argue now more than ever than before, because, you know, we're getting a little too twitchy. Context, perspective, history, storytelling, reflection, all of those things are huge ingredients in the news diet. So we're not seeing any drop off in interest. And, you know, again, it, it really comes down to that mix of live and original and long form. And we're seeing all of them grow and not at the expense of each other. Got it. And then Wendy, on the, the local side, because I know like watching local news, you know, growing up, a lot of it was, you know, kind of just breaking kind of, here's what's going on. Here's how the Lakers did today. Here's the weather, all of that. But there always were segments of like, investigations and kind of more evergreen types of things when it comes to the local stations especially having their local streaming networks to what extent are they doing using it to do original programming and how much of those hours this year would you say would like roughly would be devoted to that type of more evergreen type programming as opposed to just live local news and weather yeah i would I am, I'm actually not sure if I would define it as evergreen. I would define it more as taking 30 minutes, taking an hour to really build out a story in the way um, it needs to be built out. Not everything works in a one minute and 30, two minute and 30, even four minute context, which is often the... Um, the rundown, if you will, of a, of a news program or a show. And so enabling and empowering our community journalists to really think of streaming as a sandbox of sorts to expand their storytelling, to deep dive, um, that's the, the opportunity and, and honestly the professional interest in really engaging in those kinds of products and those kinds of programs. So when I talk about um, the political shows that we're standing up, we've done any number of race and culture stories across our group, really examining these heavy topics from a pandemic perspective, from a social injustice perspective. The stream has helped us get into those conversations in a really intense and intentional way. Um, and, and dive into solutions versus, I think, what ultimately happens many times in a newscast is you're only given the time to identify the problem. I, I like to think of streaming as we, as we build out that notion of more original, more context and perspective as potentially the very best 
of our news and information brands, ones that are not constricted, ones that we don't have to contract um, in service to the broadcast um, strategy. And so I think you'll continue to see that. But again, it comes down to the purpose and the insights, the purpose of our organizations, and then the insights that tell us very directly, what is it that audiences want to see? How can we continue to improve and elevate both the content and the product based on those insights? I I would would just add, uh, quickly to that, uh, that, you know, the content, the insights, the journalism, um, and both Wendy and I feel powerfully about that. And, you know, the old thinking of local was one thing and network is another is out, thrown out the window. Um, case in point, um, you know, with all of the shootings um, over the summer, um Wendy and I sort of greenlit a division-wide, right, local national streaming um, investigative project called Crime Without Punishment. And what it did was it leveraged the good work of Matt Mosk and our investigative team and Chad Cross and the Innovation Lab and really focused in on the data journalism of what was happening out there. And their discovery was that you know, police working homicides, the close rates on those cases were at a 50-year low. Why is that? Um, And in order to report that story, this was, you know, man-on-man defense, uh, nationally, Washington, local markets throughout the country, and then put together in long form, on CBS reports. It aired on stations, it aired on the networks, it aired on streaming. And so it's, you know, I always am sensitive to just the word content and want to underline the journalism. Um, And really what it is, is being able to um, pull together reporters everywhere for common collective reporting goals. That to me is the magnifying glass uh, power of what we're trying to build together. And I'm curious, and, and Wendy, maybe because I know you sit closer to the local side of things, like what the infrastructure there is to enable that kind of work, because that's kind of a lot of that's been the promise of what you all have been doing with CBSN, now CBS Streaming Network, of having national and local in the same feed together and being able to pull in local programming when it makes sense, being able to pipe out you know, national programming when it makes sense. But how how does, I guess, who's managing the trains then to ensure, like, to figure out where the local stations and the national folks can be working together and also, like, making the decisions on when there's a local story that makes sense for the national feed and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, look, the the vision of bringing net news and stations together um, only works if everyone across the organization understands the power, the reach and impact, the breadth and depth of coverage we can provide when we do so. And so what you're really talking about is culturally, Culturally, how are those decisions being made when not long ago it was quite siloed? And so 
there are programming leads for both net news and for stations who determine what ultimately um, goes out across those respective channels. And then there's communication layers and levels between that surface a particular story of interest that the local teams understand intuitively this is going to be of interest to national. Obviously, primaries are a key piece of that, but even more so like the Dallas flooding that was just experienced. There's There's a working knowledge of what is valued and how both it can be leveraged from a programming perspective or as I was talking about earlier, the notion of these video push alerts that move audiences interchangeably, whether we should push audiences to the local for that moment or push audiences to national for that moment. So it's really a key team who's ultimately responsible for making those calls, but they don't make it for the collective. That was really important to Neeraj and I. Local has a mission. Network news has a mission. And local news is about each and every day um, being in the community, informing and serving and bettering the community. And so when they're making their editorial decisions, they make that through that lens. And then national, the network, can choose to dip in and leverage in the way that they deem most essential, most additive for their audience. You know, if you look at this uh, as shows... You have show producers. Their whole goal is how do we get our viewers the best information possible, right? And so what's wonderful, and, you know, Wendy and I talk about this uh, quietly or not so quietly anymore, but it's kind of fun because a lot of this is happening organically. Like the, the moment we said the lines are erased, the walls are down, it's just happening. So... You know, when when Wendy's team in California was covering the California recall, right, they reached out to Ed O'Keefe in our Washington bureau, Anthony Silvanto in our polling bureau, and said, hey, do you guys want to be a part of this? And absolutely, like, there, there's no fear. You can work together. And and it turned out that, you know, the, the network polling team actually called the race before anyone else there. Um you know, we, we've been adding, you know, Wendy brought up primaries, um, you know, when she was talking about the New York and Florida primaries, you know, just this week, you know, John Dickerson on streaming reached out to Marsha Kramer and reporters in Florida um, and got the on the ground coverage um, that added real color um, to the conversation and the horse race and everything else. Um, and so we plan to do more of that, um, you know, as we head into the midterms. We have invested in deep reporting. Um, you know, I'd like to say we have the, you know, the best Washington bureau out there. Um, you know, um, obviously, you know, Nora Donald's there and Margaret Brennan's there. But, you know, we've added... Robert Costa uh, from the Washington Post, uh, and we've added Scott McFarlane. And so we've got people who are breaking stories, right? You, you look back at the Ginny Thomas text, the seven-minute gap and the Trump phone logs, um, and you've got people who are breaking stories. And then 
it's no longer a rule that you have to break that story on the evening news. You break that story on streaming, on radio, um, you know, with satellite interviews, with local stations. Um, and so reporters are really smart and all they want to do is get the best information. They're going to reach out across the expanded division to get answers. And it's that simple. Nears, uh, we talked uh, earlier about C the CBS News streaming network relaunching in January. So it's been at you know this point, by the time this, this episode goes out, about eight months since then. Have there been any, news is always evolving, what's been the biggest change since then? Because I don't imagine you relaunched it in January and it's exactly the same or the strategy is exactly the same as we're speaking now in late August. You know, I, I mentioned before that we're iterating on a daily basis, right? Um, and what's wonderful is those organic connections that I talked about. You know, we, we brought in um, Anthony Galloway um, from the Wall Street Journal, who was running all of their video to come over see this, right? Um, and he's working really closely with our heads of news gathering, you know, um, with Ingrid Cyprian Matthews and, and, and Terry Stewart and the station's editorial leadership. Um, and so they're finding new ways to do things all the time. And um, I'll give you some examples. Um, you know, Holly Williams is one of our, uh, you know, one of our great foreign correspondents out of London and was early on Ukraine before it was a war. And, um, and so experimenting with live views so that she could, you know, co-anchor a live hour from the trenches in Ukraine. Okay. That had never happened before. Um, you know, Wendy and I are now also working very closely with Jeff Gertula, who was running sports streaming, um, who's now, you know, involved with what we're doing. Um, now we have CBS sports segments, um, you know, with James Brown and others. I mean, just, you know, it's scale within CBS outside of using the stations, but CBS sports. Um, and so, you know, the kinds of changes we're playing with are, are, are different. We have plans for what we want to do with Friday nights. Um, we'll save that for another. Who do you want to do <laughs> Well, I, th I, th I think there's an opportunity, you know, um, you know, with Anthony um, really thinking about how does that become a little bit more of a weekender type of programming. So everything, everything is going to, is changing and tweaking, um, um, every day. And um, it's a collective effort. You know, the biggest thing that's changed, um, and, you know, for both one, you know, this is our second run at CBS. You know, mine was almost 16 years ago. And, um, you know, coming back now, one of the biggest changes is everyone's raising their hand to be a part of streaming. Right? I mean, Wendy and I inherited the good work of people who were, right. you know, CBS News was early in the space. It was just organized differently. Um, and so everyone is wants to be part. There's no one who goes, I really don't want to be a part of it. And we're demonstrating it by the scale of the reporters that we're bringing to bear. 
but everyone wants to be a part of it. And so understanding that your reporting moves throughout, as Wendy likes to say, you know, like water flowing, um, there's great pride of authorship there. Because what everyone, what any reporter wants at the end of the day, you spend all this time reporting and researching a story and producing a story, you want as many people to see it as possible. Um, and so, you know, the, the common mission, the common goals here are all the same. We just got rid of the walls. Got it. And then, Wendy, from your perspective, how has the strategy or approach with CBS News Streaming Network changed or evolved since January? So we um, we also made a key hire. Sahan Sefernia came into our organization from Disney, ABC, and um, the insights and the intelligence and then the recommendations that are happening um, in and around our journalism, in and around our programming, in and around our um, our distribution, our knowledge there has just really up-leveled. And it's why we've now really focused in on mornings. It's why now we're experimenting with different kinds of content to expand our portfolio. We just recently announced that we're going to be streaming HBCU games, football games, um, in addition to having them on linear, but typically that's not something that we would house on our streaming channels. And so we want to see what is the elasticity there. Can we add community events? Can we add local sports? Can we add pre and post game coverage in and around the Steelers um, or the Chargers, the Rams, etc.? And so there's a lot of that that we are just both widening while also surgically. Um, programming in response to the data. But everything now is with such a test and learn sort of um, flywheel workflow that when we program, we're doing it with intention and we're taking away the learnings from that to either say, okay, well, that clearly did not work. So let's take those learnings and, and shift our strategy and shift our mindset here. I would also tell you, that by expanding that portfolio, by really playing with that elasticity, you're also able to go to advertisers with something other than a live news offering, which is of great interest um, to those advertisers. When they want to look at a multi-platform opportunity, it's, okay, how do I get both the reach of the linear program, but also dive into this really targeted offering on a streaming, um, on the streaming side. And so how we're packaging our platforms and our brands together right now, that is a unique offering that I do believe only Paramount can ultimately provide in yeah, this moment. I, I, I completely agree with Wendy. You know, we talk about it as the 360. Um, and I would say to you, streaming has also helped, um, you know, I think of CBS News as a house of brands. Um, and streaming's really helping with that. And I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. Um, you know, we talked about momentum. Um, when I first got here, we had three different brands in the mornings, right? You had the Monday through Friday, you had the Saturday, you had the Sunday. Um, and it made sense to start to bring it under one brand umbrella. Okay. One year later, um, Shauna Thomas has been an incredible, just an incredible job um, 
providing leadership um, across um, Mondays through Fridays. Um, you know, we've just taken two points of share. That's really hard to do, by the way, in linear in linear business. Okay. Um, Nooch, could you define that for any of our digital native listeners who may not understand what points of share uh, mean, since that's more of a linear TV? Yeah, you look at all the people who are watching morning news and, you know, we're taking share from the competition. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, streaming, and, and by the way, even Saturday just beat the Today Show last week, okay? And Sunday is number one since, I think, before I was born. So, um, you know, so the idea of standing up this morning's brand, now take the 360 on it, and you look at what we're doing on streaming, right? It's all morning, same brand, same music, same everything, right? Different audience. So in one year, standing up a brand strategy, for an important day part is just huge. Second example, um, House of Brands, and they're not all TV shows. Money Watch is a huge um, <clears throat> brand at CBSNews.com, which we haven't talked about. You know, Jamie Risen is now running editorial on that. Wendy and I brought together all of the sites together, okay, in unison. They weren't even together before. Um, and Money Watch is a you know just a huge component of the content that we offer, um, and now that's manifesting itself as segments on television and going the other way. Okay, organically, what works in one spot, you know, to Wendy's point on central command and the radar, um, you can now sort of pull and tease across in a lot of different ways. So. It's a really fun sandbox, and the brand expansion strategies play into it as well. Got it. Okay. Well, you both are very busy people, so appreciate you each carving out some time to talk to me about everything you got going on because it's, uh, it's a lot going on in the in the streaming space in general and the streaming news space specifically. So, Neeraj, Wendy, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having us, Tim. Thanks, Tim. And thank you for listening to the Digiday Podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like. We'll be back next week with another episode.